You know what that sound means. Welcome back to Just the Tip-Off, the only thing affiliated with the NBA that'd be willing to sign J.R. Smith. Come on over, buddy. <laughs> hey, we got a seat right here for you. Oh, man. Well, it's good to be back. Thank you guys for, if you're joining us. Uh, we were on our two little little hiatus, Christmas hiatus, but uh, we're back now. And uh, we've got a lot to talk about. There's been a lot going on in the NBA, but we wanted to jump right in and start talking about that MVP debate we were, we were talking about a couple weeks back. Um, so I'm just going to go out and say it. Derrick Rose. You know what? You heard the Bulls fans last night. Derrick Rose, MVP. Derrick Rose is the 2019. Right, but who's runner up? Who's runner up? Now we're in an MVP runner up. Okay, MVP runner up. Hassan Whiteside. No, no. Who they? Uh, Justice Winslow, man. Justice Winslow's playing insane, but that's a different topic, guys. Different topic. Let's let's stay focused here. Sorry, sorry. You're right. Back to the Windy City assassin, Derrick Rose. I think it's got to be if it's not Derrick Rose, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, the the man is just absolute freak. He is been. I don't even know what his stats are, but I just know that they have really. I'm not gonna say turned around their season. Uh, because they had a pretty good season last year. They've just been on a steady rise exactly. so last as he year, progressed. Yeah. Last year, they tapered off in the season. I think we're like in the bottom three seed. This year, they've been consistent, and I think the coaching helps. They're shooting a lot more threes, but I think Giannis's play is the best he's ever played so, in his career, which helps. And I've got, I got a theory. So, um, all right, sorry. For, for MVP in terms of Giannis versus who I think is the other main candidate who we'll get into in a little bit is Anthony Davis. I Coming into the season, I thought first few weeks, I'm like, all right, they're both playing really well. It's going to come down to which one of those teams has more wins. Well, the Pelicans are now sitting second to last in the West. So um, so here's my thought on Giannis. Um, I think during the run, he's having a monster season. He's putting up MVP stats. Career, not, he is putting up career highs in all – in his – so points right now, he's at 26.4, where he's 26.9 at the end of the season last year. So he could still break that. Yep. Um, steal or assist, he's at 5.9, which is his career high. And rebounds, he's at 12.8, which is career high as well. So he leads so, the team in, in four of the five major stat well, And then the other freak thing was he gained 51 pounds since he entered the league. Yeah. He looked like an absolute Yeah. yeah. He turned around. He's, like an he's now an absolute monster. like me. Five years, that's getting like 10 pounds a year. That's, that's a muscle. That's pretty good. He's a man child. Also, by the way, guest speaker today is we got our boy Lee here. So if you hear a, a, a strong and burly voice that you don't recognize, that's our, that's our boy Lee. Welcome. Good to have you, man. Good to be here. Thanks he lives, in, lives down south in the warm weather. Doesn't doesn't get appreciate this nice cold weather we're having very often. So are you? Are, so. Oh, this nice cold weather, dude. It was forty five when I took. I know. I'm playing. <laughs> I'm, I'm playing golf tomorrow. So. <laughs> I was gonna say, Lee, are you uh, affiliated with any of the sports team, uh, the NBA teams down? down you a Hornets fan? I mean, I'm in South Carolina. We just te- technically don't even have a, any sports teams, but uh, you've got. You got guess, from, guess I gotta watch the Hornets now, right? Yeah, yeah that's a Carolina team. That's pretty yeah. mediocre, but we'll get to that later. Um, <laughs> the Hornets and Panthers. I mean, I'm not really doing too. And the Hurricanes. I'm not really doing too well. Yeah, moment, so. you make. We all make do. We're, we, we're sitting at the bottom of the league as the Cleveland Cavaliers fans, but we're okay with that. Um, um, but back to the MVP debate. So Giannis. Uh, don't get me wrong, he's putting up MVP numbers. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve an MVP, because I do think he's played incredible. Um, I think compared to other uh, MVP candidates, he has one of the least balanced games, and that's purely because he can't stretch the floor as well. And so there's one asset. Uh, well, there's Which one is asset. ironic. 
Yeah, but th- there's one aspect, and um, I'm not here to argue that means he doesn't get the MVP. Um, the big argument I hear is how much better the um, Bucks are this year uh, than last year. But I think um, a big thing that might take away from Giannis is I think their coach is going to go up for coach of the year. Like I think largely it's coaching decision when you look at how the offense flows. It's a much different offense, and it's a perfect system for Giannis, and he's playing his role perfectly. But I think it's going to take away a little bit from his contribution to the team. Whereas there's uh, there's plenty of other teams that added a player, and or not even plenty of other teams. The one sticking out in my mind is LeBron James went to the Lakers, and the Lakers are night and day better, and that's really. <laughs> I don't want to say the only change because they brought in a bunch of other support guys to support LeBron, but like, are you trying to tell me that Lance Stevenson, Rajon Rondo, or JaVale McGee, um, who was their fourth? They had four big ops. Uh, Kuzma. Uh, Kuzma oh, McGee. There. Uh, who? McGee. Bradley. Or no, 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 sorry. Beal. Or no, come on, Mason. We can, we can do this. Uh, uh, Beasley. Beasley. Thank the Lord. Yeah, are you trying to tell me that any of those guys are really the contribution to the Lakers doing well? It, I, I think the they brought in a bench. They brought yeah. in a good bench and yeah. McGee. <laughs> to, to defend my favorite player here a little bit, I know Giannis is more of a one-dimensional player right now. Scores something crazy like eighty percent of his points in the paint. But a little guy by the name of uh, Shaquille O'Neal won MVP in two thousand, doing the exact same thing. But the, our, but the league was very different, and stretching the floor was a lot less important back then. That's true. That's true. But I'm going to say if you don't win the MVP because you can't shoot a three, that's – come on. Really? Like that's Sha- – Shaq didn't stretch, 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 stretch the court beyond the free throw. Uh, he could But But name, name an MVP since Shaq that hasn't been able to shoot the three at a decent clip. All right. Uh, I'm not going to say Derrick Rose couldn't, but he wasn't a great three-point shooter. He wasn't a great three-point shooter, but he was better than Giannis. Mm, Giannis is shooting. What's he at? His three point percentage this season is. I don't want to spark this debate early, but Russell Westbrook can't shoot a three. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's. Yeah. I, yeah. As as a very big. I, okay, here we go. 2000-2003, Tim Duncan. Yeah. Okay. Timmy D. Yeah. Um. No, and I. I'm. I don't mean this. <laughs> to, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Um. I think honestly, I see this as like a. Seven or eight man race. Like I think Giannis seems to be the front runner, but there are seven or eight players who are having seasons such that mm-hmm. could could win an MVP. And it's still kind of early. It's only a third of the way it through the season. It is early. I but, think we kind of see that at the beginning of every season, and then it, it's a funnel. You know, throughout the season, yeah. it kind of funnels down to the last couple, last month of the season. We're like, okay, there's obviously a clear choice, or it's down to two, maybe three guys. So, so we've got Giannis, we've got LeBron. Another contender who's pretty hot, I would say, is Anthony Davis. You look at his team around him, and he is the only one keeping them afloat. Drew Holiday's really. okay. Drew Holiday's okay. Randall's been playing really well. Um, Mir- this year is when he's healthy. Mir- well, yeah, he's been he's been in and out of the line at the past Dude, you don't, month you and a half. But <laughs> I think the only way Anthony Davis they need they need to make the playoffs. Yeah. Luckily, they're in the West, and it's very compact, with the exception of the Suns. So they they're on a five game losing streak right now, but they can get back to those winning ways. But right now, if he's still putting up big numbers, but they're only his, team, four, his team's got to start winning games. They're only four games back from the eighth seed, so they're, they're second to last in the West. So they got to start kicking it into gear if they want to, you know, move their way up there. But. So, uh, so one guy who I think by the numbers is 
uh, priming to be MVP, uh, second MVP. James Harden's having right now is having an even better year this year than he did last year. He, it took him a second to get healthy yeah. and to get things st- yeah. started, but well, I'm, I'm just I'm just gonna run down uh, his MVP stat line. Um, I'm gonna preface this by saying that he is still averaging over five turnovers a game, and that's abysmal. And so take everything with that with a grain of salt. But he is averaging 32.3 points a game, 5.7 rebounds, 8.4 assists. He's shooting. Uh, he has an effective field goal percentage of 54.5 with a three-point percentage of 37.6. And if you've ever watched James Harden game, pretty much every single three-pointer, not every single, but majority of three-pointers he takes are off-the-dribble contested three. So be shooting <laughs> so those. Fucking frustrating. To be shooting those at over 37.5% is unbelievable. He also has 2.1 steals and half a block a game. Yeah, he's actually like, playing some defense. He's yeah. actually giving a shit. Here, here's yeah. And further, furthermore, he when he was unhealthy or like when they couldn't figure out whose team it was between him and Chris Paul, the team was doing awful. And then it's almost like Chris Paul took a step back and James Harden went into James Harden mode. And the Rockets are doing an unbelievable right They're, they're looking like cr- last year's playoff Rockets. Yeah. My only concern with James Harden, but obviously he had a very slow start to the season, but – and I think this particular point kind of has affected a lot of our MVP candidates is injury. Harden's missed some time. Giannis missed a couple games. Anthony Davis missed a week or two. Oh, another James guy Harden got hurt. LeBron is going to be out for the next couple games. Another guy I'm going to bring up who missed some time for injury is Steph Curry. Steph Curry's missed games. So it, at the beginning of the season, I'm like, I don't know if Harden can, can compete because he's got this injury. But now that all the front runners have now missed some time with injury, I think that point is kind of – Giannis could missed be a, a couple games. Oh, I think Giannis has missed runners? them. Oh, all the front runners? Can make your Giannis point because I have who is my dark horse, absolute. Like, I'm. Th- this is me. We're all going to make a prediction. This is me saying I think this is our MVP. But make your Giannis point. I was going to say Giannis has missed a couple games here and there. If we're going to go based on the Iron Man, like who hasn't missed any games this season, who who's or who hasn't missed as many games this season, I think Giannis of the – the top three Giannis has, missed has missed two games. The least amount. He's missed two games. James Harden missed a few. LeBron going to miss a few. AD missed, missed a couple. Missed a couple. He's missed a couple. So the, of, the, of those people, oh, I, I would still give it to Giannis. But but, you, but you know who has started every game and is having the best season of his career? Paul is George. Paul George. Paul George current uh, PG thirteen. Paul George is currently scoring twenty six point three points a game, leading scorer uh, on the Thunder right now. Also, he's playing unbelievable defense at point seven blocks, two point two steals a game. Furthermore, when you watch the when you watch the way he plays defense, he's very good at contesting shots and forcing him into low percentage. So that doesn't really show up in the stat sheet, but when I watch Paul George, I'm incredibly impressed by his defense. He's shooting thirty nine percent. From the three-point line, a lot of them contested off the bounce. He has an effective field goal rate uh, percentage of 53.6, um, and he is also averaging career highs at 8.4 rebounds and 4.3 assists. Paul George is having what I think is an MVP year. I know I'm not normally hot at him. I am gonna give a big. I'm gonna give a big compliment to Russell Westbrook, saying that Russell Westbrook is breaking all his bad habits. He's no longer chucking up bad shots. He's looking for the pass first, and he realizes that the team works best when he's not the star and is instead feeding to the other guy. Because when you think about when OKC was the best, it's when Russell fed KD, and so now he has a similar player in Paul George. And guess what happened when KD was uh, at the Thunder being fed by Russell Westbrook? And KD won the MVP. Season. So you I, took my worth mentioning, but I'm glad because you expanded on it 
far, much further than I was going to. I was just going to say Russell Westbrook has taken a step into the right direction where it may not be um, as high of scoring. He's scoring, he's shooting, I think, averaging like 20 points, 21 points per game now, which is uh, low for him in the past three, four seasons. But I think at his position as a point guard, that's okay. You have Paul George. You have other guys. You have Steven Adams. You have guys that you can feed who need to do the scoring. Your assist numbers need to go up, and they have. So I'm very appreciative on him doing that, and he's still my guy. And I, I got he, he's so he, fucking happy. He, he, he's playing absolutely outstanding. The big thing, uh, I, if I were to say if he were to become like, don't get me wrong, I think he's an all-star. I think he is very good. But for me, the last thing he needs to change before becoming like in talk of being a top tier player. I think he's like a great player, not quite a superstar, even though he is an MVP. And I think he needs to cut, IQ. I, I think he needs to cut down on his turnovers and I think he needs to stop playing so emotional. Like did you watch the Christmas Day game oh. when he literally fouled a guy so he could argue with the ref and then immediately got a tech? I think as long as he does stupid shit like that, I think, uh, and especially he's, he's, when, when he's old, why, why when, are you when, doing when, this, when man? He plays, and especially when he gets mad, he starts going back to his old ways and becomes a chucker. He throws up bad shots early in the shot clock. Thirty years old, man. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta go and, up. And uh, he has. There's a montage I'll show you off camera of just Russell Westbrook transition turnovers. He has so many dumb turnovers that if he can just cut those out of his game, I think he's absolutely a tier one player. He's yeah. Uh, unfortunately. Our favorite players can't always be the perfect players, but yeah. Uh, um, the other people I had in my um, the other people I had in my debate, I already mentioned Curry, but I'm just gonna run down a stat line real quick. Twenty-eight point six points per game, five rebounds, five point two assists, shooting sixty-one point five percent effective oh, field goal, God. and forty-five point eight percent from three. And these <laughs> are Steph Curry threes. Like, these are he like doesn't shoot a logo. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, as a point guard, he has .2 blocks a game, so that's a block every five games. Like, it's more than you'd expect him to get, right? And 1.8 steals. Yeah, 1.8 steals. Oh. That's not, that's that's, not that's pretty good. No, that's almost yeah, two steals. That's like, almost two steals a game. Um, and then, um, the last two guys I have is Kawhi Leonard, who I start off, I disqualified him early because he was resting games, but he stopped resting because I think he realizes he's in the conversation. Is he, is he playing the second half of back-to-backs? Yeah. Because I knew at the beginning of the season the plan was he wasn't going to play back-to-backs. Yeah, no, until he, 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 he hasn't rested in like a okay. But, um... Kawhi, I still don't think he gives a shit about MVP. I don't think he cares about awards. Honestly, I don't really know what he his motivation is for how he, he just wants, wants pre- people to realize he's a fun guy. <laughs> That's actually a pretty damn good presentation. The, 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 the funniest thing I've ever heard about um, Kawhi's laugh is someone once said, Kawhi's laugh sounds like you explained what laughing was to someone who had never heard a laugh and they tried to mimic it. <laughs> uh, but Imagine if we laughed like that every fucking time. We'd be like, dude, I'm going to stop saying shit so I don't have to hear that. But Jesus Christ. Ka- Ka- Kawhi Leonard, 26.9 points, 8.4 rebounds, 3.1 assists. Shooting uh, 54.5 effective field goal and 37.7 from the three. Very good. 0.6 blocks a game, 1.8 steals per game. That's a little less defense than you're expecting out of him, but he's stepping into a different role. Cause I'm, um, and the last guy who I don't think can really win it, but I think he's really 
like should be in the conversation because he's having the best year of his season. That's Kemba Walker. Contract year. 25.2 points, 4.4 rebounds, 6.2 assists. He's shooting an effective field goal of 47.9, which is good. It's not MVP level. 35.7 from three and 1.3 steals and 0.4 blocks. I really don't think – I really I think he's really going to have to step it up to be in that conversation, but he's had a couple games. Hornets, could, Hornets need to somehow make it to a four seed in the East. Yeah. Here's, which yeah. is that, honestly, it's not necessarily on him at this point. It's more on his teammates to step up and not do Jeremy Lamb lost in the game against the fucking Nets. No, that was Malik Monk. Was it Monk who turned it over? Malik Monk. All right, it was Malik Monk. Sorry, because Jeremy Malik Lamb Monk. hit that buzzer beater. I'm sorry. Yes, he said it was Malik Monk who turned it over last night and gave the Nets the win. Yeah. You cannot be making stupid fucking. Was it Malik Monk who alt or was it no? Jeremy Lamb was the one who ran on the court. No, that was and got that was tech. Malik Monk. Okay, who ran on the court on Jeremy Lamb's three. That's what it was. So Malik Monk tech. is trying to effectively lose the Hornets games every week. So Malik, well, I know they, you're they, young, they but can't come be on. anything but five hundred. They really can't. Let's honestly, we're going to talk about it later. Let's talk they're, about it. They're a Carolina team. They can't Absolutely. be anything more than five hundred. I mean, they're, they're limited. You, your, I'm sorry. This is your team now, Lee. Your team <laughs> has your been team. one and one, two and two, three and three, four and four, five and five. Hold on, six and six, seven and seven, eight and eight, nine and nine. Still not done. Ten and ten, eleven, eleven, thirteen and thirteen, fourteen and fourteen. 15 and 15, 16 and 16. They, they, this whole season, they, they, they have like, had that. They cannot get out of being 500. That is fucking amazing. <laughs> that's statistically, that's so hard unequivocally. To do. That's so hard to do. That's, oh, I'm Monk, impressed. I think Monk has money on these games. He's got to have a money line. <laughs> Whoa, so, what do you mean Monk has money on these games? Jordan, Jordan has money on these games. He's a gambling addict. <laughs> yeah. For real, though. He made that 95 well, you know, million. He makes $95 million a year from Jordan shoes. Jordan does? Yeah, Jordan makes 95 over. He, I think in 2016, he made $95 million off the Jordan brand shoes. Um, so it's not even about whoa, 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 Don't you mean that Jordan makes $190 million a year from the bets he makes raw off that money? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Two to no. one odds, throw it all on there. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Le- Le- LeBron's yeah. paying the Hornets players to throw games. So yeah. to cement his legacy, oh man, look how shitty of a manager of an owner Jordan was, and LeBron's oh, going to go buy oh, the yeah. Cavs. No, in, in all seriousness, um, this is a segment I was hoping to do on a uh, later series, so look out, this is coming. But um, I've seen. Touch on it then. Yeah, I've seen there's a lot of evidence that Michael Jordan, as an owner, has made a lot of moves that seem to make no sense for his current team, but uh, hurts the career of Kobe Bryant and LeBron James. Which means that Michael Jordan cares more about his legacy as a player than he does the success of the team he owns. Allegedly, it, these are this is very hypothetical, and this is something I'm going to dive much more deep into. But for, the, for our listeners, if you want to start doing some research, um, hit me on Twitter if you find anything interesting at shide three three zero. But yeah, that uh, that's something that when we have a slow week, that that segment's coming. <laughs> so I guess. Winding it back towards the MVP debate. All right, so if you had to pick one today, Paul George. Sam's got Paul George. Right now, I um got to go LeBron. We got a LeBron. Giannis. We got a Giannis. Um, I'm gonna have to go ahead and give it to Giannis on the caveat that he is because because they are higher a higher seed than the Lakers are. If the Lakers become like a two seed 
or a three seed, then I I, I can see it being the being LeBron. You know, uh, they're which is they're not even that far away. They're literally two game. They're eight two games back from third and uh, three games back from second. So it, it's totally possible. Uh, but for now, yeah, uh, the Bucks are basically they're, they're second in the East. They because they've only they have the same number of losses as the Raptors, but the Raptors have three more wins. Um, so they've just played more games. So we'll see. I, I it, when it comes to, down to MVP, I feel like I'm always counting out Warriors players because of there's so many on no, the that, team. That's what they that, give up. I get. I if you're gonna be on a fucking super cause, cause, team like the Warriors, you cannot wise, win those. Numbers All wise, right. they could win, but the issue is they're always canceling each other out. Yeah, you, if you have Kevin Durant on your team, Steph Curry, you don't deserve MVP, man. You have all all the pressure of everything: scoring, rebounding. Assisting, it's off. I've got two arguments to that. One, uh, I completely agree. Kevin Durant, as long as he's on the Warriors, cannot win another one because he had one and he went to a better team because he won- couldn't win a championship on his own. He'd have to have some unreal, stupid numbers in order to make that work. Um, Steph Curry, however, I think Steph Curry has a better shot at than uh, Durant. I'm not saying he's going to get it, but I think he's a better shot at. And I think the biggest piece of evidence he has is he missed 11 games earlier this season. And the Warriors struggled. And the Warriors went 5-6. and six. I will say the, the the six were those first early games, and then Durant decided that he was going to average 45 a game. Yeah. But it – um, so that to me almost adds, like, quantifiable data that he is the most valuable player on that team at least. Right? He definitely is. On that team for sure. Team. Yeah. Team. I, I think – yeah, I agree. I, no matter I, if, even if Kevin Durant scored more that night, or if Kevin Durant seems to be wanting the ball, it was built Steph's around team. Steph Curry. Oh, Steph's team. And uh, and a hundred percent. One thing that you can say about Steph Curry, and this is, this probably doesn't go into MVP data, but I think it uh, uh, it does do a lot into legacy as far as how good a player is remembered. Is Steph Curry was the first of his time, and Steph Curry has completely changed the game. How much of the game is different because of Steph Curry? Whereas Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant, it was is the, the peak be- of a, he, a typical he, game. He, he was the best possible iteration of an already existing player. Yeah. Whereas Steph Curry was an entirely new type of player, and then people came in the league trying to be just like Steph, and he's still the best one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I say I, I I pick LeBron because you, numbers aside, look at where the Lakers were, look at where they are now, look at where the Cavs were, look at where the Cavs are. Which now. is funny because that's how he won it over, or that's how Steve Nash won MVP. Yeah. It should have probably been Kobe Bryant who won MVP. Or, uh, yeah, or Shaq. Or Shaq. 2006. Yeah. It probably should have been one of those guys, but it ended up being Steve Nash just from where he took the team. Mm-hmm. Which, if you really want to get down to it, that's probably what MVP should be. Yeah, but MVP is about who has the best stats. And No, uh, it shouldn't be. As, I a, know, Russell, I, as no. a Russell Westbrook fan. No, that's, that's what I'm saying. I know. That, that's what it is, though. And I almost it's think, a popularity. And I, that might have been what it had to be because there wasn't a player like that at the time, like the James Harden or Russell Westbrook years. Yeah. There wasn't a player who had brought a team from such a deficit. But, but um, so like, I guess we have to go with stats. But I think that we should make it two different awards. I think that we should like I you, you're gonna have to give it better names than these because these are shitty names. But I think there's the statistical best year. I think that you should look at someone just like. Raw numbers, like who, like did the best on the court. Mr. Stat. Yeah. So and almost, almost get rid of like the scoring uh, champ. 
Uh, and go with like, uh, keep keep the scoring champ and then have like the stat champ. So it's so almost do an off like they have, there's a defensive player of the year do an offensive player of the year. Yeah, or then, as well as well as a scoring or, champ. Or uh, here's the thing is I think if it's gonna be a stat uh, if it's gonna be like a stat king, defensive stats have to come into it. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, regardless, um, I and then I think the other award no, Paul George should be something along the lines of. Coach's first choice. Like, if you were, an, like, here, here's how here's how I personally think the MVP should be decided. But I'm going to caveat this by saying, if that's the case, then LeBron James will won all <laughs> the last MVPs. But here's my old, here's my argument how MVP should be. The uh, the NBA fizzles, right? There's no more NBA. But all these NBA players all are going to have a basketball league next year. So you get a mock draft. Now, keep in mind. This this league is only one year long, so how you, how old or young the player doesn't matter, right? Yeah. You have the first overall draft pick. Who do you take? That just means you have to pick the best player in the world at the time. Yeah. Which is LeBron James. Which is pretty much always been LeBron James, but like it that that's how that's how personally that's how I think like the MVP should be is like hey if you had to start the NBA over and take one player for one year first overall draft pick. Who do you take? And, and he, that that's the shitty thing about this award, though, and that's why it will never be like this, and that's okay, is, like, for a good, like, 10-year stretch, it was always Jordan. And then for a long time before that, it was, like, a toss-up between Kareem and Magic. Or, Le, or Larry. Or, or Larry. A, after Jordan, people would probably said Kobe. Yeah. After they Kobe. Kobe for a couple of years. LeBron. Um, Shaq might have gotten a year or two in there. Honestly, it's, that's that's why it's not the way that that is. Yeah, that vote, is. Vo- voter fatigue. <laughs> yeah, voter fatigue is a good way to put it. I would still say that. Sorry, hitting the LeBron button. Yeah. At the, at so, so, I almost I almost disregard LeBron as getting MVP anymore because he yeah. has such a stigma of not being like he can do no right and to get the MVP. He has to do something he's never done before. Exactly. Which at this point, what's left? He's done a lot, which I know we keep sucking his dick, but Jesus Christ, he's yeah. so fucking good. No, it, no, ma- no matter where you, no matter where you stand in the whole goat debate, I think that like everyone can agree. He's a top three player all time. I personally think he's number one. I'm not, that's not what we're getting into now, but I, I don't think that there's anyone who genuinely knows anything about basketball. Who doesn't put him in the top three? Charles Barkley put him at number seven. For the record, like I said, <laughs> any, anyone who knows anything about basketball, <laughs> yeah, Barkley's more of a golfer anyway. Yeah, we've all seen that. Swing. Wait, he got, he got the swing fixed. You guys don't see the new videos? He got the swing That's fixed. Just, of course, you debatable. Did. I missed that. <laughs> Versus the one where he looked like something a stroke. Yeah. Swing, but. Well, so it, it okay. So our thought about the MVP is that it's the person who brings their team together. And makes it that much more, mm. like they they ex- they accelerate where their team was, or where their team is from where their team was. This season, maybe not MVP season for a lot of teams, uh, but I'm thinking like some teams who are who are starting to fall into place. Uh, the Celtics had a lot of great caliber people who are starting to click. You got the Rockets who are start finally starting to click. Um, you've got OKC, who's finally starting to click. All of these teams are. We were a little bit worried about which, the beginning which of the season. We 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 threw out, we, we we threw out the panic. One of those teams brought up panic or not. We only yeah. said panic about the Rockets. And 
Um, I don't want to say they, they definitely didn't panic, but they have not been stagnant. They've made moves. Yeah. Um, I, I, mean, I still think and, there's and, more and, to and, make. And, and that sure. right there is what um, I'm blanking on their GM's name, but that's his MO. They always make moves. And that's here's the thing is that's a good thing, especially here's the thing is when we saw that they lost Ariza and Luke Mabab Mute, we all were like, oh my God, how are they going to replace that? There's no one else in the free agent market. But they, what we forget is they bring in people midseason all the time to fill fill gaps, and, and then they that's just what they're do. and then during the playoffs they go back to that eight man rotation. Yeah, the, the 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 Sixers are the same way. Look at the like Bellinelli, Ilyasova. Those were both big role players. Ilyasova, Ilyasova for the Sixers. Yeah, last year. he's now on the box oh, for last year. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But yeah, those yeah. were those guys were both big um like pushes for them in the postseason. And the, both those guys were acquired after the buyouts. Both those guys were waived by their current team. Mm-hmm. And so, like, uh, the Sixers are one of those teams we were talking about that they trade away a lot of depth to get Jimmy Butler, and that's what you have to do. But I think they took a gamble saying, hey, the middle of the season, like, we're still a playoff team, but it might be a little rockier than we were hoping. Yeah. And then shooters are going to go on the market. We can get shooters. But you here's the thing is, I think if you're a GM like that who likes making moves – a guy like Jimmy Butler doesn't go on the uh, on the G, uh, on the market. He doesn't go on the block often. No. So like when you when you get an opportunity like that, you have to take it, and then you have to trust that you're a good enough GM to fill the holes. Although we we say that he doesn't go on the block often, I. But he's been on the block he, like twice, three times. Twice now. So regardless, I, I think that he is a player that you would want to make a move for if he is yeah. up for up for grabs. I mean, the Rockets offered four. They they, they made a move and the Sixers four didn't take first it. Four first round draft pick. Was it four or five? It was four. Four, four first round. Four draft spread pick. across like five years, something like that. Still, well, yeah, because of the Stepan yeah. rule. I would say I'm waiting for that ESPN article or that article or headline to pop up that says Rockets signed J.R. Smith once the Cavs release him because they need shooters. Yeah. Jared they just Smith's signed Brandon Knight. No, they just signed. Uh, Austin Rivers. Austin Rivers. Well, they signed, oh, sorry, sorry. They signed off Austin Rivers. Before that, they just signed Brandon Knight. Yeah. Again, and that's Sam was saying. That's what they're doing. they're they're finding bodies to get them through yeah. the season through the playoffs. And then once Daniel House, they resigned him. <laughs> Daniel House is put. He's he was a on Christmas Day. Daniel House was a starter for the Rockets. He was a two way player to begin the season. That's impressive. Daniel House. Good for you, Daniel. Good you know for what? you, man. Do you know what I know about Daniel House? Nothing. Here's what I know about Daniel House. On Christmas Day, he was a starter for the Rockets. <laughs> End of list. You know, and, you know, if the, if the Rockets are going to continue to pick up these uh, G League players, you know, I know there's there's two great G League players. GM for, GM for Houston. I know you're listening. Guy by the name of Scoochie Smith and, Scoo- Charles, and, Charles, and Charles Cook. Can't tell you. Yeah. yeah. Those are the two you want right there. University of Dayton alum. Those are the two you want. They got a Middletown guy on your team. Oh, do they now? Vince Edwards. Yeah, he's on Houston. Yeah. I used to play more ball with him. Middletown. Fuck. How was he? Uh, a lot better, taller than me. Better than you. <laughs> went to Purdue. I am a six foot white guy, and Vince at the time was six six. So you can imagine yeah, how six, that six went. Yeah, six six in high school. Freshman, freshman, yeah. his freshman year of high school he was six six. <laughs> so he's probably not six six anymore. Yeah, he's six eight Once he gets a little muscle on him, he can develop into a pretty good three D player in the NBA, I think. Well, I mean, and the thing was, was when he went, this is, was like freshman year of high school, so I was able to kind of push him around. But no, he went to Purdue, and they they put all kinds of. They good teams. Yeah, he's a big dude. They, they, yeah, they were. 
a dark horse national championship team there for a couple years. It ruined, ruined my bracket a couple years ago. Yeah, well, you know that's what me, that's what mediocre Big Ten teams do. <laughs> and the Dayton Flyers, they ruined brackets. Yeah, they did. Uh, well, I guess from we're kind of segueing a little bit here. So the people who uh, the teams that really were falling into place were like the Lakers, Rockets, the Nets. Um, so let's talk. Oh, yeah, sorry. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The Nets. We talk. I'm, we glad, you talk talk, about I'm glad you brought up the Nets. And the last, so um, I I forget who I had it written down, but I've been drinking. Oh, I got um, it. I got it. Um, some someone uh, who's like some sports announcer. I'm blanking on his name. Tweeted that the Nets were embarrassing. Since that tweet, Stephen A. Smith. It wasn't Stephen A. Smith. It was Skip. No, it, it it was someone you'd recognize, but not like a big name guy. Was was, he, was was, more, he was more like a color commentator. Regardless, he tweeted he tweeted that the Loge? Nets were embarrassing. Most bomb. And um, since then, the Nets have gone nine and one. <laughs> All right, they heard it. They got yeah. it. They understand. Yeah, it. and the, but here's the thing: the, the reason why they're embarrassing or were embarrassing past these, instead of these past ten games was because they didn't have shit. Angel was playing good. They they had D'Lo. D'Lo Spencer DeWindy is like a he's, poor man's. Uh, he's playing fantastic. He's I playing love they, they lost uh, at a the poor time. Man's Paul George. They lost at the time their best player, Karis LeVert, to an ACL injury about yeah. ten games in the season. Yeah. He was playing. They, 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 uh, very he might, early, he, he very, might come back. Very early, what they were saying, yeah. he, he was in the running for most improved player of the year. Uh, Already, Jared Allen was Jared, having, Jared Allen's having a good season. A good season. He's cooled down a little bit. He needs to pick it up. Why? Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. He has cooled down a little bit. So the point I was trying to get to was the reason why they have all these players who aren't anybody we've heard of before is because they traded away all of their picks. That's just been their go-to move. It's because they lost half of them when they got Paul Pierce and Kevin. They Garnett. lost four, three or four first-round picks when they tr- when they did that trade back in 2012. Uh, they traded away many a player, sent, many a, a pick since. Sam, so, I know so, you have the list in front of you. So, who, so, the, who are the people they could have so, had so, for these picks? So the question I want you to ask is: If this were your starting lineup and you had an average bench, right? What, what seed in the East would this team be? Starting point guard, Damian Lillard. There are, I want to qualify by saying these are all picks that the Nets traded away. These are all people that the Nets, if they didn't trade a single pick, could, uh, could have drafted all these people. as used with Nets draft picks only. Starting point guard, uh, Damian Lillard. Start, starting shooting guard, Jalen Brown. Starting small forward, Kelly Oubre. Starting uh, power forward, uh, Kyle Kuzma. And starting as, as a small ball center, Draymond Green. I know the worst position on that lineup is Kelly Oubre. Who's a starter? Also not yeah. bad. Not yeah. Not bad. No, like he he, he just played on some shit teams. Yeah, and he's doing he's doing really well in Phoenix. Yeah. They're so actually they're, they're And can we talk about the fact that he's beautiful? Like <laughs> and listen, listen, I'm I'm a heterosexual man, but like sometimes when you see a beautiful man you just gotta recognize he's a good looking man, right? I'm gonna trust on this one, man. You, are, I'm just right. not gonna touch that. Yeah. Uh, all right, fine, guys. Be we- be weird about it. You can't recognize when another man's good looking. He's a good looking dude. I I trust you. I trust you to to look after oh, that kind of stuff. Okay. <laughs> be a little more secure in your heterosexuality. Regardless, fucking the Nets, man, and they're doing they, what the fuck? They trade away all these picks. That's like their go-to. The people that who are playing well, free agency. 
Also, do you remember when we they thought they got taken to the cleaner when they traded away Brooke Lopez for D'Angelo Russell? Like, why would you do that? And Brooke Lopez played one – he's having a great season in Milwaukee, but he played one horrible season for the Lakers, and D'Angelo Russell is now their star. That's one of the – that right there is like the – He's a Buckeye. He's a Buckeye. That, that right there is like the Paul George trade for Oladipo when they're like, oh, they got taken to the cleaners. Oladipo sucks. And then it's like – no, he doesn't. No, holy no, fuck! No, we knew no. about this. Oladipo can only play good basketball in the state of Indiana. Yeah, went to high school. That's true. Yeah, he that's went true. to he went to IU. Yeah. Like he only played good basketball in the state of Indiana. Interesting. From what I've heard, is the uh, Nets are not sure if they're going to re-sign DeAndre Russell this season. When did you hear this? Okay, okay. I was going to say, when did you hear this? I believe that because it sounds like something the Nets would do. Yeah, just let them walk. walk. If they're any kind, if they have any fucking semblance of a good idea, it would be to keep him. Yes. And keep who they have. And, but if I'm any other team, you know, makes a great, like, who has a decent point guard, he makes a great backup point guard, D'Angelo Russell. No, at this point, he's a starting point guard. But what if he's a backup? I know what if he's a backup, but if he goes to the free agent markets, there's plenty of teams that will pay him starting point guard money to be Knicks. a starting point guard. The Knicks. Um, here, here's, yeah, the here, Knicks here's, have always given up on Neil Keenan. Here, right here, is the only reason why I say we don't know why I think they say we don't know if they're going to sign him. Um, can you think of a better point guard in the league who's going up on free agency soon who grew up being a Nets fan? Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving's from New. He's from New Jersey, and it used to be the New Jersey Nets. But here's the thing: Kyrie Irving has verbally said he's going to sign again yeah. with Boston. Yeah. No. So that does that mean that seventy nine cents will give you a candy yeah. bar? Yeah. No. But Kyrie Irving signed Durant with Boston. Angel Russell signed yeah. with uh, Brooklyn. But Durant, I think that's the only holdout. Durant was also probably going to sign with the Knicks. With uh, sign back with the Thunder. Probably yeah. not going to go to the Warriors. Uh, uh, Durant at the end of the season, um, in multiple interviews, said he wanted, he was probably going to resign, but then oh, resign. So yeah, I thought you said sign like from no, no, where no, he's not, at. No, 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 not, no, not no. now, but like, like no, when, yeah, when yeah, he yeah, left. Yeah, yeah, no one yeah. thought he was yeah. going to test the free agent market, and he yeah. did. Yeah. yeah. Well, no one thinks he's going to test the free agent market right now. He keeps saying this. He he just said, "I can't be recruited. I'm sorry. The Warriors didn't recruit your ass. That's all." Draymond Green called you from the parking lot. That's a lot. The day the. No, Draymond Green just completely made that story up. No, but still, you Plus can't be Draymond. recruited. You were recruited to Golden State because someone said, you want a championship? And you said yes. Couldn't beat him, so yeah. he joined him. Yeah. They recruited him. He can't – no one he can ever say yeah. you can't be recruited. So, so There's what, always a motive what, to go So somewhere. don't get me wrong, and this might reflect as hypocritical on me. I was, I was mad and still a little bit am at KD for doing that. I think it was a real bitch move. But one guy who did close to the same thing who – I don't like that he did this, but I totally get. Um, and part of it is because he's committed that it's a one-year thing and he's just doing it. Is Kawhi? No. Boogie. Sorry, sorry, um, sorry. sorry no. Boogie. Um, Boogie. Bo- Boogie basically, like, when he first did it, I was so pissed at Boogie. But now that I'm looking, I'm like, listen, he's coming off an injury. No one's going to give him the money. Right there. That's he, he's, it. he's coming off an injury. No one's going to give him the money he deserves. So Nobody he's, wanted to sign him. So if he's, he's received it, it, no calls. So if no he's, calls. If he's going to get underpaid by a team – and Might as well get a build, build, build his way back up and then go uh, get his star money. Try to tell me you'd do anything different. Then at the Warrior, if you're Boogie Cousins and you're like, oh, I'm gonna get underpaid this season, but then like try to look as good as possible and get a max contract. Who would you want to sign with? I'd want a ring. 
Golden State. Yeah, well, and, then, you, you the, and then that's the team that's going to be the most patient with them, too. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're not going to force him back. Because they, they don't need with, to. Because they, they, yeah, they don't need them. But you go sign with most of these teams that are fighting for a playoff the, spot. They went back like, mid-December. We need you like, back hey, earlier. we're on a playoff push right now. Like, we need you back. And he's like, well, I'm still sore. And they're like, well, suck it up. And that's how the Knicks are. And you've done some Kevin He's looking fine. He looks yeah. good. Yeah, but I bet you he doesn't play until mid-January. Honestly... For the sake of him being a player, all team alliances uh, to the side, I hope he does wait until he's actually ready to yeah, go back. Yeah, no, I really like Love guy. good big men because there's really, not a lot of them. I really like the guy. I think he's an asshole. <laughs> but I think he's an asshole. In you what have to say be. about you, Sam? That, that position has to be, though. Yeah, no, here's the, thing is, uh, here's the thing is, I think he's an asshole. That's I don't a think, good point. No, that, that is I good don't point. think he's a bad guy. I think he's an asshole, but not a bad guy. I think he's an asshole because, like, he's a better player for being an asshole. I don't remember who it is. So, Lee brought up a really good point. you got to be an asshole to be a center, to be a good center. Tim Duncan is the only is the only counter on our as, one, as, one, <laughs> as one person who I was like... Oh, I was saying, and you, there's different, but there's think about, different think about faces fantastic, of think being about an asshole. Think about fantastic big men in the past. The one that sticks out in my mind, great big man, huge asshole, is Kevin Garnett. Oh Kevin Garnett is one of the biggest dicks to ever oh, play NBA basketball. I'm a huge Shaq talker. I feel like Shaq, though, if he was mic'd up throughout his career, oh, would he would never put a mic on him. Oh, did, no, did, no. did you ever he's see a that? Huge asshole. Did you ever see that post game interview with him? Where, oh, where, where he's, he's just like, um, they're like, what happened on there? He's like, we just really fucked that game up. And he's like, you, you know you're on live TV, right? He's like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, it was awesome. I saw that interview when I was just young enough where cursing was still like cool and you're like, oh my god, someone cursed. And I saw that interview and I was like, oh. <laughs> and you're Draymond Green, kind of a bully type of player, mm-hmm. smaller. Joel Embiid. I hate him, but he's a better yeah, player. Joel Embiid, in a different fashion, talks mm-hmm. a lot of trash. Same yeah. way, you got you got to be you got to be mean at that position. Hell, minus he, Tim Duncan. It, it, hell, <laughs> even Stephen Adams. He's a, he seems like a genuine guy off court, but Stephen Adams seems like a dick on court, which he should be. Whoa, and, it, and his cancer, except, except for when he saved Miles Plumlee from dying. I was going to say he literally just gave up the layup yes. to save Miles no, Plumlee. No, no, no. But there, there's a difference. There's a difference between being a dick and letting someone. I feel like any of the play, people we named, if some like. If you watch it in replay, it looked like the guy was going to get real hurt. I think anyone we just named would stop someone from getting real hurt. No. No? Who do you think would? Shaquille O'Neal. Wouldn't give a fuck. He put his dick in the fucking face and then pushed the guy over from the New York Knicks. Yeah. I don't remember the guy's name. He can give a shit about other players. <laughs> He's like, I'm coming in. I'm going to dominate. I'm going to hit these boards, these points, and you ain't going to do anything about it. Yeah. And I get that. I totally get that. Steven Adams... I think he's a really nice guy. Yeah, I think he would honestly. But he tra- he talks tra- he talks hella trash on court, and that's what I'm saying. Okay, all right, if you trash talk Kevin yeah. Garnett. I'm saying I'm I not I'm not saying right. being a bad guy. I'm saying being an asshole. Okay, being an asshole, it, it definitely comes with the territory. To their defense, um, I've been told often that I'm an asshole, but I don't think I'm a bad guy. What? what? Yeah. There's, I think I think we need to make a clear distinction here. Like I think we really need to acknowledge that not everyone who's an asshole is a bad guy. I really think that's something the world needs to know. Are you speaking to your ex-girlfriend here? Or no. It? God, no. <laughs> it's like, it just seemed like you were talking to someone. No, no, no. Just, just speaking to my future girlfriend here. He's, he's, <laughs> Sam's just speaking out loud here. Oh, man. Uh, 
so I mean those so they're fucking the Nets. We were talking about the they're falling in place. Yeah, the Nets. This team right here would be at least a five seed in the East. Dame Muller, Jalen Brown, Kelly Oubre, Draymond Green, and Kyle Kuzma. Uh, five seeds pushing her a little bit. I would give them. Look at the look, maybe, I'm looking, okay. look at the top five in the East. Do you really? They're the they're the, they're the fucking All right, Celtics. Sorry, sorry, six seed. I, would I think the they'd Pistons. beat the Pistons. They're the Pistons. They'd be a six seed in the East. They'd yeah. beat the Pistons. Which, for the record, the Nets are currently a nine seed in the East. Yeah, that's an improvement. Yeah. I don't know. I they they could. You, but look at the Pacers. They I think they could slip and be the five. Like the Pacers, you know, they got I'm third know, right one now. Star. I, think, I, I think. Yes, they have one star. Whoa, no, 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 I wouldn't say that. So here's the thing. Here's sorry. Here's the thing. Victor Oladipo was out for God. Yeah, like two, two, three weeks. And they did. And the Pacers managed. Fine. They are still the third seed in the East. They did okay. So, as much as we love to like say Victor Oladipo is all they got, they've got some great role players. They've got some great people who step up and will. Sorry, Sabonis is score. having a breakout season. Sabonis, I'm, I'm not. I'm not surprised. I'm surprised. Thaddeus Young. I'm surprised that Sabonis <laughs> hasn't taken the starting spot from uh, Miles. Miles Plumlee. Oh, okay. oh, no, not Miles. No, no. Miles, Miles Turner. Turner. Miles Turner. So I, I think you need some of that force better. coming off the bench. I know, but he's, I'm, I think Miles Turner can be that off the bench. But I think Sabonis stretches the floor better than so he, he stretches the floor. But one thing Miles Turner, Turner does better than Sabonis, which doesn't show up in a stat, a stat sheet, is Miles uh, Turner is just more physically demanding. Like if there's one thing Miles Turner does. He bodies up opposing centers. Sabonis. So here's the thing: Sabonis plays amazing offense, but Sabonis has one of the worst um, field goal differentials uh, in the league, which is a weird stat. But I was actually actually just today I was looking at field goal differentials among starters just to see if I could find anything. Um, for those people who aren't in the stats like I am, field goal differential is basically every time you're guarding a player. Um, Every time you're guarding the players that take a shot, and fast breaks are taken out of this, so sometimes like you know you're guarding on fast break. These are just in half court offense when you are one on one guarding someone. You take uh so you take however many shots that um you hit take however many like your percentage against these people and you measure it against the differential of what these people's actual field goal percentage is. And so like so like let's say for an entire game of basketball, I'm guarding Mason, and Mason is normally a sixty percent shooter. But whenever I'm guarding him, he only makes 40% of the shots. That means I have a positive 20 field goal differential. Or positive 20 um, defensive field goal differential. It's a really interesting, cool, advanced stat. That is a pretty cool stat. Because like, if you're guarding somebody who's typically a really good player and you hold them. So Draymond Green, epitome of this. Mm-hmm. In the finals when the Cavaliers won the championship, Draymond Green won the MVP. He won Finals MVP for holding LeBron James that to was Andre Iguodala. Oh, sorry, was, Andre Iguodala. Uh, Iguodala for holding LeBron James like twenty-eight points a game. Twenty-eight yeah. points a game, and the man still got MVP. Are you freaking kidding me? Honestly, LeBron, LeBron should have won MVP that year because I'm sorry, you brought a team whose second best player was Matthew Dellavedova and forced the Warriors Whoa. to six games. Oh, Timothy Mo- Timothy Mozgov will fight you on that. <laughs> but um. Yeah, so as I was saying, though, Miles Turner, I didn't see what his differential is, but I remember seeing Sabonis and being surprised, and I saw this hours ago, and I've been drinking, so please, if you are really curious, look this up for yourself, but I, it was around 20. Like, really? He, he, he has a negative 20 field goal differential, which means if someone's shooting 40% on t- uh, normally and they're being guarded by Sabonis, That's... they're shooting 60% on the floor. <sighs> 
That's not good. Yeah. Uh, what do you, uh, For okay. the record, LeBron has a around a positive six. So when LeBron's guarding you, you lose six percentage points off your field goal percentage. Interesting. Which everyone dogs on LeBron for taking defense off, but at least he's well, at least he's in the positive. This season he's not. Positive. Yeah. Um. And among starters, whoever was the best was really really good. But I can't remember who it is. I, amongst non-starters, it's not even a stat worth measuring because there's so many people who like like. Oh, when he's guarding people, they're 0 for 3. And so they're like a positive 60%. And it's like, well, that's that's not right. Like, so you I, need I, a big I, sample I, size. I had, I had to filter it to only starters. So there's a lot of good bench players, um, which Sabonis, uh, and I looked in, I, I was also curious that he's so up on the list. Sabonis has started at least one game this year. And to be considered in this list of starters, you have to start at least one game. All right. Well, that's yeah. fair. Well, uh, it. All right, sorry. So those, I, that was those, a side tangent. That's all right. The Nets. The we're, Nets. We're still talking about the Nets. No, we're not. The Nets, they figured it out. People who are, like, not figuring it out, though, I want to talk about, talk about the Pelicans. They're on a five-game losing streak. And Struggle honestly, it. I don't see it getting any better for them because all that's being talked about right now is where AD is going to go. True. Which you know, is not I, I think I think he's the only one keeping them afloat. I agree, but I think there is some hope because Miritich is injured. They were playing a lot better when Alfred Payton was on the floor, just to have another ball handler so Drew Holiday can play more of that shooting guard role. They are injured. I think when those two come back fully healthy, I think be good, they can be a good team because Drew Holiday is is scoring very well. Julius Randle is a double-double, virtually a double-double machine, putting up, I think, 19 points, like 9.5 rebounds a game. They've got some players. When they get healthy, I think they can be much better. But let's be honest, the Pelicans' biggest reason why they're not playing well is because instead of signing Charles Cook to a deal, they got rid of him. So, That's the biggest So here, here, right here, if I am the GM of the Pelicans, here's what I do. Trade AD for D'Angelo Russell and two first-rounders. Right? D'Angelo Russell and so two no, first Sorry, sorry, sorry. Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram and two first-rounders. Because the Lakers want them. Fuck it. Get, two, get three first-rounders in a second. Get as many picks as you can. Get Brandon Ingram. If you can get Lonzo Ball or Kyle Kuzma, do that. But, like, get the... Get the picks rather than those. Yeah. Right? I I, I uh, would agree. So all right, trade Nikolai Miritic to the Sixers, who he fits their mold perfectly. Get him healthy. Trade and they might be waiting for them to be completely healthy to make these moves. I think go Fultz in a pick. Tra- trade him you saying Fultz in a pick? I'll say Fultz I'll, straight up. I was saying a first rounder and two second rounders. Trade mm. trade just for picks. So you're going just straight up picks. Okay. 100%. Um, so you're almost doing you're almost doing what the first two years and you're getting top. So you yeah. so you're thinking yeah. do exactly what the Celtics um, did with 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 uh, Garnett and yeah. um, Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce just trade him away, gather all his picks yeah. up, and then build a team Drew, off Drew, of a bunch of young guys. Drew, Drew Holiday, trade him to anyone will take him for. Um, so you're you saying blow it up? You blowing it up? Hundred percent. Look why. Why are you going to try to keep you can, any... Okay, here's the thing. Here's why. Here's why. Here's why. You are putting all of your eggs in one basket when you do it that way. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't put everything, what, bet everything on something. Here's the thing. is If you're going to blow it up, I say trade everyone. I'm not saying blow it everyone up. Everyone but Randall. No, but like, what I'm saying is if you are going to rebuild, you have to pick a minimum age. And if we're trading AD, that minimum age is 25, which means your pieces are now Brandon Ingram, Julius Randall, two 
Good, solid pieces. Alfred Ooh. Payton, that's a great starting. Yeah. Or, or, sorry, not Alfred Payton. Um, Drew Holiday. How old is Drew? Drew Holiday's at, like, late 20s. Yeah, he used to save your guy, didn't he? No. No. Uh, Drew Holiday is 28 years old. 28. Okay. You need a little bit of veteran leadership. You can't just have all young players. Look at the Kings. The Kings are doing okay. They're outside the playoffs now. So they've fallen back. But hear hear me out. Is trade it all away. Blow up this season. Get these picks and these young prospects in Brandon Ingram, Julius Randle, whoever you get for Drew Holiday, right? And then there's a lot of good vets, not all-star vets, but good vets going on the free agent market next year, and you have so much cap space. You have more. So literally pick, like, a good vet coming off it. Um, Pick a Rajon Rondo. Bring him back. Pick a Kyle Kyle Korver. Pick, like, three or four Old good guys sign them to one year contracts. Fuck it, bring Channing Fry back. Bring Channing Fry back. Like, <laughs> like literally, all these guys who've been around JR. Who the league. Jr. Not Jr. No, yeah. Jr. is getting signed to the Rockets as soon as he's. No, no, no he's coming on this podcast. He's these guys. He's yeah. gonna be here. Yeah. This opening bit. This was this was the one we're real about. <laughs> um, but yeah, when um you sign these people in as free agents, I think. That if you're going to blow it, I think the people who halfway blow it up lack balls. I think if you're going to blow it up, you blow it up. And that's why, as a Cavs fan, I want to trade away Kevin Love. I love the guy. He's one of my favorite. He's one of my all-time favorite Cavaliers. Oh, but I like him too much to let him waste away on this piece of shit team. I want to trade him and make the team better. And I want him to go to somewhere good. I want him to get another ring. I love the guy. You know where I think he would fit very well? I think you either get it, send them to the 76ers because they need a stretch four, or we send them to the Lakers because they need a stretch four. And these are both teams who are in win-now modes who are like, hey, yeah, we'll give up future draft picks. Same thing with Miritich. Stretch four. Other people need them. Uh, trade it away. I think if you're going to blow this team up, you blow it the fuck up. All the way. All, All the or way. nothing. All or yeah. nothing. Okay. No, Balls Here, the and here's the thing. Is the, the, the Sixers are hanging on by a thread because they have ID. And if you're gonna if you're gonna keep AD, keep it all because you're right. It, that's your best bet. But the point you trade AD, why are you saving any of the rest of it? Uh, I'm just the, worried the, that the GM has come out. And you're said worried they're gonna trading. be what? The Suns who are making the playoffs this year, two years after trading away Boogie. Suns. Sorry, no, Kings. 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 Well, that's your, that's oh, what you said. That, oh, you said the Kings are gonna make the playoffs. They're, they're number they're nine. Half, they're half a game out. They're half right a game out. With who third might, way sorry, the who might make the playoffs? Might make the playoffs. Third of the way through the season. But let's talk about the boogie deal. The boogie deal brought in picks who they turned into Shea Gilders or no, who they turned into who's the Deer and Fox and Buddy Heald, who's averaging over twenty points a game. No, they traded for Buddy. It was Buddy. He was drafted to the Pelicans. That's Buddy Heald was no. What I'm saying is. They got picks oh, who oh, they turned right. into De'Aaron yeah, right. Fox and Buddy Heald and for Boogie Buddy Cousins. Hill, that's right. And then, mm-hmm. then Roger Rondo went to the Pels. Yeah, so what I'm saying is if you're going to blow it up, blow it up all the way. I get it. I, I see your, your point. I'm not a big fan of they're, taking they're, that they're much G- of a risk. That's just the person I am. Their GM has already said he's not trading AD. That doesn't mean that they're going to fucking leave. He's going to leave. Yeah. When's he in no, free agency? No, and he, he can't. He, I think he can yeah. sign an extension yeah. after next year. No, he, here's the thing: is if if he doesn't if he doesn't get he might get traded this year. He can sign a max extension this year, and if he refuses that max ex, max extension, and then they don't trade him, he's officially the dumbest GM in uh, history. Yeah. So here's the thing: either but, a, a sh- okay. So to your point, either it's almost dependent on what he does at yeah. this point. For for if you're so not going to shop teams. AD. 
you're putting all your eggs in the basket of, hey, he better stay here. If he doesn't stay here, you're fucked. Yeah. And hear me out. Um, if he decides, if he doesn't sign the max extension, every other GM knows he's on the market, right? Which means you get into a Kawhi Leonard debate. And for the record, the Spurs did a great job. They had no business getting DeMar DeRozan. No fucking business. Yeah. No. But you get into that point where everyone knows he's leaving or Jimmy Butler. Everyone knows he's leaving, so you're not getting full value. So right now, so you have the option where you can test the waters, you can figure out if AD's staying, but right now you're the second to worst team in the West. Okay, here's the thing. You, you, and you're not that far there's, back. There's a point, there's a point where you say you're not going to get full value. I think there's going to be that team who wants to be out front, so they will put up everything yeah. that they can to get first crack at him. The Lakers and the Celtics are going to have a bidding war, and that's the only thing you can count on. But regardless, oh. I think... Oh, but, my God. Celtics have so much more to gain listen, than, the, than the Lakers. The, the, Cel- the Celtics and the Lakers, if they're going to have a bidding war, they're going to have a discount bidding war next year. Yeah. So why not have a bidding war this year when it's still... Full value. Yeah. Yeah. Because right now the Celtics... Someone know, needs to tell that to the GM. I don't think they know that. GM, listen to this fucking podcast. Who's the GM of the Pelicans? I really don't. If, the if, if they look at the Lakers, they can try to grab the young guys. Ball, Kuzma, Ingram, Hart. You look at the Celtics, you can go after Jalen Brown... Jason Tatum, I would argue Gordon Hayward is up for grabs. Just coming off yeah. the injury, I would argue he's up for grabs. I already the only person who's not up for grabs on that Celtics team is probably Kyrie. Yeah, Dell Demps. Dell Demps, hit me on Twitter at shide three three zero. I will give you advice on how to run this fucking bidding war. Uh, he is Get CP3 a retired back. American professional basketball player, currently vice president and general manager of the New Orleans, New Orleans Pelicans, a six three guard from the University of Pacific. Of the Pacific, Demps played for the Golden State Warriors, San Antonio Spurs, and Orlando Magic, despite nice. being undrafted. Nice. Good for good for you, Del. No, now you make s- some good you, you, No, here's the thing is, Del, you seem like you know what you're doing, and you're also doing the smart thing. Um, if you are going to deal AD, wait till closer to the – like, I hope you know what you're doing, but, like, don't trade him now. Wait till closer to the tra- uh, trade deadline. You want him to wait? Yeah, deadli- deadlines make negotiations. Oh, easier. sorry, the trade this year's deadline. Yes, like February, February 7th. Yes. So it, they 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 should really start if they really want to do it. They should start shopping shopping AD in two to three weeks, because when you get this bidding war going, um, right now like the Celtics are on offer, the Lakers are on offer. Like maybe they're bidding. We're like, hey, this deal has to happen by here, or it's not happening. Then they start throwing bigger offers. Right. Like, well, Deadlines make negotiations easier. It does. They yeah. do. So no, and if you hang on to it as long as possible and try to turn the ship around. But if by a, a week and a half from the trade deadline, the ship is still not righted, do what you got to do. All right. We spent a long time talking about this. Um, one more, uh, Another topic we wanted to get to, one of the teams that we have intentionally not talked about because we have a lot to talk about them with, is the Lakers. The Lakers are a team who everyone, when, Le, when LeBron was the Lakers and then no one else did except for all these little additions, everyone basically says like, oh, they'll be like maybe a playoff team, maybe they'll, or maybe they'll miss the playoffs, like maybe this is it. They were going to be a friend. They, we, I, we thought they were going to be on the fringe. Yeah. There's no way that they're going to be a, where they're at today. But they, they have really stepped up. A, all their young talent have all improved, and I think that's the LeBron effect. I think LeBron genuinely makes his play, uh, the players around him better. Um, but... Um, 
the so we have a list of I'm just gonna start going down the list um of things that are fun to talk about the Lakers. First and foremost, Zubak. Zubak's fucking awesome. <laughs> okay, like, he's he's now in the starting lineup, right? Which means he is now starting over JaVale McGee and Tyson Chandler, two vets, and Zubak, who is tied for the longest tenured player on the Lakers. Zubak and Brandon Ingram are the two longest tenured players on the Lakers. That's how young this team is. I was going to say, how the fuck is he yeah. the longest fucking tenured player? Yeah, but, um, yeah, so that's just a fun thing we wanted to talk about was Zubak's playing great. Does anyone have any additions to Zubak playing great? Anything they want to talk about? Um, uh, He's going to get a chance to shine with LeBron and Joel McGee being out injured. And yeah. He certainly started his first game. Game with a bang. So he yeah. dra- was drafted in 2016, uh, second round of the 2016 draft, mm-hmm. and since then he, he's been coming off the bench, kind of a third third option for the Lakers. He, he, he was to me exactly what you want a backup center. Yeah, exactly. Fresh, fresh legs, tall, knows the game. Doesn't shoot threes. No, but um, you don't you don't need your center to shoot threes. That's no. It's yeah, nice no. if they do. It's nice. But well, it's I, I, I think that's what they're grooming Mo Wagner for because yeah. he can't shoot threes. Yeah, which he's going to be coming up in the next couple of years as well. But for now, Zubak doing right. his role. So the, mo- the the most important thing they've done recently was on Christmas Day they crushed the Warriors. And all right, so LeBron went out with an injury, and at the, when LeBron went out, the Warriors brought it within two. They would. They would. They then, went. The LeBronless Lakers two minutes. brought it back and won by what was it, 26? 20, it was 26. It, it was 25 points. It was 126 to 101. Yeah, 20, 25 points. So, a big reason why this worked was they ran a new defensive scheme um, that no one had really run against the Warriors, which is um, do everything you can to stop KD, Clay, or Steph. If your name's not KD, Clay, or Steph, you can so as far as I could tell from watching the game, it was really fun to watch because it was just such a like dynamic defense. Was KD, Steph, and Clay never got an open look. They took a lot of contested shots. They got some points, but with all their contested shots, they really underperformed. Yeah. And then no one got an open shot within ten feet. Or within five feet, really. No one got a shot in the paint. But so basically, do you know how many times they gave Draymond Green the Ben Simmons treatment? Did you, did they you just see, let him shoot the threes. Did you see how many airballed that one? Oh too. hilarious! And, uh, the funniest thing I saw all day is people on Twitter saying that Draymond Green shoots uh, shoots a three like he's got a backpack on, which is the funniest thing. He kind of does. When, when you when you watch his shooting tech, uh, form, it seems stiff and awkward. And if you picture a backpack on the, on his back, it's way. They actually photoshopped one on it. Yeah, I, 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 I saw the backpack. It looks like it belongs. It looks yeah, like it really belongs. yeah, 100%. <laughs> to, to go to Sam's point here, they and you can stats the game, it proves that that's what they did if Durant, Curry, and Thompson named the leading scorer from that game. Of that game? Of the Lakers-Warriors game. Who was the leading scorer for the Warriors? Durant. Durant? No. Andre Iguodala. Yeah. Iggy. Off the and, bench. And, and what did he score? 23. 23. Let Iggy score 23. Let Iggy score 23. Let uh, Draymond score 20-something. Because that's 40-something accounted for points. You can outscore that. This this strategy really reminds me of uh, a similar strategy that's almost sort of opposite. Um, because they have so many stars, they're like, shut down these stars and we'll outscore the rest of the team. But similarly, the um, Warriors, when they started playing the um, Cavs in the finals... Their big defensive strategy was shut down all the helpers and we'll outscore LeBron. That was it. They literally, yeah. first they, game of the season, 
or first game of the play uh, finals. Yeah. LeBron scored fifty some odd points. Yeah, and they and they still lost because damn it, Jay. Well, because LeBron James is one of the best facilitators to ever play the game. So if you take away his ability to help and just let him score, the Warriors are a good enough offensive team to beat a 50-point score. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're sort of doing an opposite thing. They're like, shut down the stars and outscore the bench. It's a similar strategy, even though it's kind of opposite. You look at uh, Clay Thompson scored five points. That's what the Cavaliers did to the Raptors in their playoff series. Yes. Yeah, they're they're like, hey, uh, Demar Derozan and, Cor- and, and Kyle, Kyle Lowry, Lowry ain't shut him down. Shit. Shut him down. He, so Clay Thompson only scored five points. Here are the only players to score less than five points: Draymond Green at four, Jonas Bell at, or Jonas Stroke at two, Jordan Bell at two, and Quinn Cook at two. Everyone else who played: McKinney, Livingston, Damian Lee, Iguodala, all outscored Clay Thompson. Yeah. Every single one of them. Yeah. Um, so, here's my question about this new defensive scheme. It was fun, it was novel, it worked on Christmas. There's a lot of basketball left to play. A, do you think that other teams are going to try to start copying? Because I do. I think that if, if, it beats the, if it beats the Warriors, especially maybe the top-tier teams, no. But, fuck it, if I'm the Cavaliers... If I'm the Bulls, if I, that's what I go for. And if anything, you're developing young players. One of the things that's the hardest to develop is defense. And so if you literally tell them, like, hey, we're losing this game. Let Draymond and Iggy score. Fuck it. But go out there and focus on shutting down Durant, Clay, and Steph. I don't know better defensive training. Right? And maybe it works. Uh It'll be interesting. I think different teams, because I, I don't see like a team like the Rockets who are so engraved in what they're, they're what they do doing that. I could see maybe Popovich adjusting to it, but I could also see Popovich going down to what has won him five championships and what has gotten to the playoffs the past yeah. 20 years or whatever it is. So it, it's an interesting scheme, whether it works for the rest of the season. And then you also got to think about what happens when the Warriors adjust to it. Yeah. So are they going to learn how to play this way? Can someone do that for se- a seven-game series? You never know. Um. Yeah, and so that leads to one of my uh, next questions is, this was a fun, novel thing, but can it win a seven-game series? Or do you think that, hey, it'll win game one and they'll adjust? Uh, I, th- I think you might be able to get two games out of it. Yeah. But but is that all they need to win though? Do they just need the two extra games? Or like no. Or no I'm, I'm saying I'm not, I'm not saying that that's like is that like the one game boost you need or the two game boost you need? So so, so to win to win a seven game series, you obviously have to win four games, right? Yeah. So if you wait 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 wait. I'm gonna check the math. Wait. Oh right, yeah, check yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. four games. Thank four God, games. Right. we went to the whiteboard, but um. Yeah, so to win a seven-game series, you obviously have to win four games. So if you get a two-game advantage, that's great. But then the Warriors have you figured out. Maybe you have another trick in your sleeve to get the other two games, but I don't think that alone wins you a seven-game series. Cause I don't think there's a team that can – I don't think there – so two games uh, sure. gone, right? Yeah. That means you have to win two of uh, – that means you have to win two of five remaining. Yeah. So I don't think there's a team that straight up beats – the Warriors two of five without any tricks, right? If that if that defense, I, mean, I was just saying, I was just saying because if you think if the Lakers would play the Warriors in the finals again, yeah. I, know, I know that's impossible because they're both the West, but yeah, if they're gonna play each other in the finals, 
then you say like the Lakers may win two of seven. We'll say Westbrook. Does this does this get them? Does this get them the extra two they need? Yeah, is is, is my is my so, thought. That was my only thought. So, so yeah, give, give, give the Lakers one game for LeBron putting on a Hercules yeah. performance. So no, I I think that's an interesting point because maybe you squeak out a game or two with this. And maybe there's another trick or two that you can use to be the Warriors because every team is. And and maybe the Warriors have one bad shooting night. Yeah, because you really got to count on that. Because yeah. honestly, if Draymond was hitting those shots, mm-hmm. if it Dray- would have changed the whole dynamic. Th- think and if Draymond Green was consistently Draymond so, Green of Game Seven when the Cavs won the championship, no. he'd drop like thirty-five points. So when he was so, at least that shooting ability and that percentage-wise. So uh, my next point is, um, will Draymond step up? Right now that he knows that this is something that teams can do that just arrive, is Draymond going to become a better offensive player? I personally think yes. So, I think he might become more assertive. Whether that yeah. leads to better stats, I, I, don't I think know. it'd be he hard to be a worse assertive. offensive player than last night. Yeah, he was pretty shit. Uh, but or sorry, Christmas. But do, do you think that Draymond's now going to act? I think Draymond for the last couple of years has comfortably been defensive minded only. Do you think he's now going to try to become more of a two way player? If the Warriors want to continue to succeed, he doesn't. He continues to do what he does. They continue to lose those every now and then games. This is the regular season. Who gives a shit? They're going to make it to the playoffs where they're going to do what they do best. Be a defensive – where he's going to do what he does best, be a defensive monster, shut them down. He doesn't have to be the scorer. Yeah. In a seven-game series, they're still – I don't think they're worried, man. Like, it's yeah. it's so – I don't think the Warriors worry until the playoffs. It's so. so daunting just to look at the playoffs now because you can – it's so easy to say maybe with a, maybe they won't win, maybe they will. But then you get there and you're like – You're like, it's a seven-game series, man. It's So that's not the answer I was hoping for, so I'm going to pretend like you used the other one. So, you know, he does step up, become an off- more of an offensive-minded <laughs> player. Do you think the Warrior? Do you think the Lakers made a mistake showing their hand so early? Because the Lakers are going to play the Warriors, and they have this good game-winning strategy that can clearly beat them once. But now the Warriors can be prepared. Whereas, like Popovich is famous for one of the reasons Popovich is rarely a number one seed. One of the reasons why Popovich is rarely a number one seed, and Ty Lue. Back when he had an amazing team, was famous for this too. Ty Lue's entire uh, playoff defensive scheme uh, just was come about just to make it. And so it's one of those things where if you know your team is good enough to make the playoffs, just get there. Just get to the playoffs and play it close to the vest. Because the when you got a good coach like Kerr or Popovich or Riley or um, Stevens, Stevens or um, Quinn Snyder, when you got good coaches out there. The worst thing you can do is give them film. So if you're going to do something completely different, if you're going to run a like fun revolutionary strategy, hold like, that shit. You hold it. Do you think that they? Do you think they messed up by showing their hand too early? I'm a little bit worried by it. Yes, I think that it has some merit to it. Maybe that their strategy can be used by other teams to help beat the Warriors. Because you know, it's not just the people you beat who watch your games. Yeah, it's the people who. Next person who plays the Warriors is doing is doing a version of this defense. I guarantee it. You know exactly, which helps the Warriors. Which is what the Blazers tonight. Yes. Yeah. Um, we'll watch I, the Blazers game and look for it. I am. I would be worried, but I also think it doesn't matter because I feel like you. You let's say let's say the Lakers play the Warriors in the second round of the Western Conference playoffs. 
to me, whether you showed them that defense on Christmas or you showed them game one of the semifinals in the Western Conference playoff race, it's enough time for the Warriors to adjust. They're that good of a team. Steve Kerr I can don't, do it on the fucking I don't time. think it no, matters the three, yeah. when they see it. If they see it, they're going to be able to adjust within a week. I, I don't think when they see it. But whether you get a game here or a game in the playoffs, I don't think it matters because I'm going to win that you, you just brought it up right there. Whether it's a game here or a uh, game in the playoffs. A game here, you're right, doesn't matter. Like, winning on Christmas Day is fun, absolutely. But a game in the playoffs absolutely does. Every One game, game in the playoffs is Every huge. Every game matters. It's huge. I know, but I just, I think with how good and the maybe, Warriors are, and, I'm not and sure may, maybe, maybe they it should, makes a difference. And who knows, maybe they're, play, maybe they're playing a much deeper mind game than I'm thinking, where they showed one hand and they're going to go with the other. Maybe, all right, so seven-game series, right? Maybe they have nine strategies to play the Warriors. And they showed this one, right? And so the Warriors are going to come out prepared for this one and be like, oh, well, here's our counter. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> here's the thing. If you want to beat the Warriors, you have to have a strategy to beat them at least seven different ways. I'm going to say more than seven. You need because if you're going to try to go in planning, like you're going to. So let's say you have a certain way on the first game, and it doesn't work out. Game two is going to be different. You've got which you have. I don't know. You just have four. Second half of the first game. You you have have to fourteen. You You really got. You should each half. Exactly. Just each half. Yeah. It's it's tough because it's hard to find fourteen ways to defend the Warriors. Because um, so, you can argue, okay, well, one game, we'll let everyone, like, KD score. Or, you know, let's focus on shutting everyone, you know, but KD. And, all right, well, you know what? We'll shut down the big three, and then everyone else can score. Or, okay, well, let's let the big three score, and then don't let the bench score and see if we can outscore those three. It's, it's, it's a lot to have to try to defend an offense that is yeah. that dynamic. Yeah. But... Until Boogie gets back, and he'll be back in the playoffs, that's different. So that's going to throw a whole... That's game. not... Then you've got a true stretch. That, that's not... It's not that... It's got some incredible top... It's got some incredible top heaviness. But that's really... They've got... Their bench does very well for what they are. But their bench... They have two old bets in Livingston and Iguodala. They have Kavon Looney, Quinn Cook. Okay. Like, well, 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 these, these are all... Good players. So I discount them too much. I will, yeah. I will but, but but look at what their that, bench is beatable. So if you look, take their yeah. stars out and can beat their bench, but look at what their bench has always been. They've never had a true big center. It's always been a bunch of little pieces who they don't keep for more than one or two years. Yeah. The two on their bench, the only two people who are continuously tenured over this span have been Iguodala and Livingston. Everyone else has just been. Next guy up, who wants a ship? You're not. Jones Trepko, he's in this year. I doubt he'll be on the team next year. Boogie already said he's gone. Quinn Cook is, what, a two-year? And that's long for them. Yeah. So their bench is – it's a rotating bench with the exception of Livingston and Iguodala because they've been so reliable because Iguodala plays good defense, can put up these amount of points, and Sean Livingston can't miss a 10-foot jumper if he, even if he tried. Iguodala is getting old. He can all know he is. getting old, though. He is. But, but I, in all honesty, there's a lot of things people are talking about. Free agency is going to end the Warriors dynasty, but if free agency doesn't, those two people retiring might. Those two are – very big piece They're, of their entire team because it's still a good team. It's, without, it's still a good team without him, but is it the best team? Depends who you get in regular season. No playoffs. Maybe, maybe. Um, Again, right. playoffs. I don't think they rely on those two. The the as much. The, ne- the next thing interesting that happened in this game was LeBron got hurt. LeBron only Le- LeBron played less than twenty five minutes, which he almost never does. 
Um, 17 points, still nine rebounds, 17 five points. assists. Yeah, no, he's having a great game until then. Um, he so Wojnowski came out and reported today that it's going to be a mul- he's going to miss multiple games. Who knows how many that is? He he's day to day. Yeah, guaranteed out Thursday will probably miss multiple games. Yeah, uh, so multiple games means at least two, right? Mm-hmm. So he's missing two and a half games. Going to count that as a half game. This is going to be where we really step up and see what you know, the yeah, Lakers I can do without. Kind of, oh, they go to Sacramento next. Sacramento's a weird yeah, they're, matchup yeah. against. They're they're at Sacramento tonight, and not going to lie, I. They, I like they, the they, they, I, I, I like the matchup. Like, they go Sacramento, Clippers, Sacramento, OKC, Knicks are the next five games. And OKC is going to be a, OKC's gonna be a tough watch. I almost like this yeah. for the Lakers. Sa- Sacramento and Clippers because are two great teams because aside from Tobias Harris, there's no real star. And it's a bunch of players like the Lakers are who are like – Top grade role players. No, I, that, I, that's I, how the, the Clippers have gotten to where they are is being able to shut down prime players on a team yep. and have their role players overshadow the other team's and, role players. And I'm, I'm just gonna say, I think Tobias Harris is an All Star this year. Definitely. I think, I think he's if been he's brilliant. not, that's a fucking travesty. Yeah. Uh, if he's not, that's a failure by the Clippers. I, I, I think he's, I think he's a solid me. first All Star. In my opinion, I think he's gonna be the first All Star snub. But I, oh, I almost like. I don't like it, but I think this is it within like oh my god LeBron's out. I think there's a little gem that's there's a good in this situation. You're seeing what the rest of your team is made up with made up without LeBron. You're seeing your you're young guys have to step up yes. for his position. And if you can find different little, you're gonna boost his trade value. Yeah. Also pick him <laughs> up in fantasy. Nice. If you if if this team can find a rotation that works well while LeBron's out. Then you found a rotation that works well when LeBron's taking rest. I think this is a good way for Lakers to find it's other testing, players. Testing trying, it's here. a great way to test your young players without LeBron. We're going to see what the rest of this team is made up made up of without LeBron, and I think it bodes well for them come later in the they season. They kind of did this a little bit with uh, Rajan Rondo was out for. A he's, good all, bit. he's also out the next game. Yeah, he's also out. And McGee and Javon McGee. You put your three. Arguably your most three vets, three veteran players, with the exception of Tyson. So I'm not yeah, expecting as much from this game as I previously was because I didn't know Rondo was out. I didn't expect much from Javale, but that also adds a, a tinge of. Uh, I think Javale is you need noticeably better when you have LeBron on the court with him because LeBron is just so good. Fun, this you know? is really going to put a lot of of uh, spotlight on Lonzo to see how he is as a floor general. See Brandon Ingram as he is as, as, a as going to be the main scorer. And as Zubak as a big man. Zubak is a big man. Kuzma's still going to be good. Hart, you're gonna, your young guys are going to have to show up, and they're going to have to show what they got. And uh, that's why I like this because you're really going to see what the rest of your team is made of. Because we know what LeBron is. We knew what the Lakers were last year, but you've added a couple pieces. Guys are a year older now. You really get to see what your team's made of, and that's why I like this for them going in, going in long like down the road. So I have I have a prop I have uh, one last thing on the Lakers. One probable scenario we have uh, a LeBronless Lakers. I think it's going to do a lot for developing depth, but and I think right now we're all anticipating that he's out five games max, and so it's not like it's going to hurt their playoff things. But what happens if this is way worse than we ever thought it was, and LeBron's out fifteen to twenty games? They did, they did an MRI today, and they said it wasn't that bad. That's what I was yeah. going to say. They did yeah, an yeah. MRI. Yeah, no, no, there, there was no, right, like no structural said, damage. But, but like, I'm, just, I'm just throwing it out. They did an MRI. It came up negative, which means they don't know what it is, which means it's probably not a big deal, but we don't know. 
It could be. Maybe or maybe LeBron comes back for one game and he's like, nope, nope, I don't know what it is. How many games right. did Curry miss? Because Curry had 11. the same injury. Curry 11. missed eleven. Okay, so let's say LeBron misses but eleven. Also, Curry had the luxury of missing eleven because he plays for the Warriors. That's true. But um, regardless, let's just Lakers. let's just say he misses fifteen to twenty games, right? Let's say this is the worst possible iteration of this injury. It could be. Mm, not the worst. You've got yeah. uh, of this specific injury. You've got a relatively favorable schedule, but because you play a lot of bottom tier teams. In we the next we were just talk. We were just talking about how the uh, Lakers might make another move. Does LeBron being out fifteen to twenty games push the Lakers into making that move now? I would think that if here's the thing. Here's if they if they're gonna make a bold move. Uh-huh. They're gonna do it if they suck really bad in the next yeah. without LeBron, and they see these role players step up. Which so these Brandon Ingram's, Lonzo Balls, Kyle Kuzma's, Josh Hart's, all of these guys just lay a fucking egg. Yeah, Le- Le- it really really improves the chances Le- Le- that they Le- get traded. Le- 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 LeBron's out twenty games, and you go one for five in the first six. But the issue is issues <laughs> that those players' trade values are gonna be one five are gonna be low though. Six. I would say Brandon, if you're going to make a Brandon Gordon has quite the trade value. All the three players he has named all have high trade value. I Throw know. any of those players in a couple picks, and I think that's a superstar superstar package. I know, but what, what if they have terrible games? You think that decreases it enough no, to not enough. diminish no, the value? Not enough sample size. I, I, I think they've been around long enough that if they have terrible games. And also, they all had good games last year without LeBron. So if you're going to be like, oh, you can't do anything without LeBron. It's like, yes, we can. Look at last year. We're just... It's just uh, been a rough patch, and that's why we're making moves. Young, but I think a GM can real. I think any GM worth his weight in uh, water can see that. Young young players have so much more value than um, than veteran players yeah. who are proven. Yeah, hundred percent. Absolutely, it's, just, it's one of those things that you you overlook it a lot. But so, uh, like one thing I want to touch on before we move on to the next point is the trade between uh, Washington and Phoenix. Trevor Ariza for Kelly Oubre. Who 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 else did uh, did Washington get? Um, they, I, think, I think they got somebody wa- else. Washington just got Trevor Ariza. Um, the uh, Phoenix got Austin Rivers who they waived. That's yeah. what it was. Okay, what the fuck are you doing, Washington? You just traded away a young Kelly. Kelly Oubre. And a not old Austin Rivers. For an old Trevor Ariza. For a 33-year-old Trevor Ariza. Veteran player with great knowledge and a good D3 player. Right. I'll give you. But and they're, they're not if you're they, trying to win now. Right, no, they're but not. The only reason why I think that might be a valid move is we all know that there's toxicity in the Washington locker room. Yeah, but we know we exactly know. what's coming from. No, we don't. So it definitely was Austin Rivers. They just got it. Kelly Oubre, maybe? It could have been Kelly Oubre, maybe uh, Austin Rivers picked the wrong side. And I'm not saying that the people who stayed are innocent, but when, let, let me throw out a hypothetical. What if there's two factions in the, in the locker room, right? What if there's the Oubre side and the Wall side? And what if those were the two that are in that? Because I, I theorize that it's Wall and Dwight that are causing issues. But Ubre's pretty fiery. It couldn't be Wall and Dwight because Dwight just came in to, yeah. to the team. Yeah. Dwight, but else Dwight Ubre's hasn't pretty played fiery. What if Wall though? and Ubre were both hitting heads? I, I can not, see that more, more so and than And I'm Dwight. not saying either is right or wrong, 
But I'm saying that if they're hitting heads, you need to pick one, and I pick one. Yeah, yeah. That, that's more plausible, I think, than, yeah. than Dwight. And may, maybe a maybe Rivers pick the wrong side. Maybe Rivers back to Brad. Or maybe Rivers just need to go to make the contracts work. Maybe Rivers sucks. Or maybe Rivers sucks. We yeah, played, what, pretty, what, we what played pretty, ball, pretty baller in Rockets in his one game so far. This <laughs> so, is, oh, not to say this is awesome, what the but. Wizards should do. They should trade Bradley Beal as much as they can. Yeah. Sign Boogie Cousins because we all know the Wall Cousins thing works real well. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, you want to you want to put Dwight Howard and Boogie Cousins? No, you, you're get, no, you're getting Dwight Dwight. On one Yeah, you're not three signing Dwight. You're signing Boogie. You're, you're getting picks for Beal, and you've got John Wall. You're recreating that Kentucky and team. And then Dwight signs the exact same one year contract on the Warriors next year. <laughs> yeah, we all okay. So that's where I first <laughs> thought Dwight was going to go yeah. to the Warriors. Also, uh, I, I I didn't like the. Uh, Suns Wizards trade because I still believe and I think the best trade for Ariza would have been Markel Fultz Ariza straight up. That, in my opinion, that would have given. Sam didn't like that one because that Suns didn't want to touch him. Well, which well, they said. well, furthermore, you're also you not need a ball handler on the Suns. You're also not allowed. They wanted to move Ariza now, and you're not allowed to trade for Fultz right now because he's out. But this would this happened before Fultz's yeah. arm shit. Yeah. But, so I I would have jumped at that. That's um, what I would have gone with. All right. Uh, so I think that wraps up what we're talking about the Lakers. I think that takes us to worth mentioning. Anyone have any good worth mentioning? Mason. I got I got a couple. Oh, I got, yeah. It's um two of them here. Excuse me. The the first one I wanted to talk about was Joel Embiid. So this guy, very good center. Um, he's so good that he it might be compared to guys like Shaq. And something that they have in common now is they Joel Embiid has 800 points and 400 rebounds at least in the 30 games that he's played in this season. The last player to do that was Shaquille O'Neal back in 2000, 2001. Which is when he won his MVP. Which, over the past, that's the first player to do that Besides Shaq in the past 35 years. Uh, real quick, Joe Lombi was another guy I wanted to bring up in the MVP talk that I forgot about until right now. Yeah, Joe. So the, he, Jim, Jimmy, a, Jimmy Butler kind of wrecked that for him, but he started out kind of strong. He, and maybe he could bring him back. He's yeah. not as a long shot as Kemba. I think he's, I think he's closer than Kemba. He's closer, he's than, closer Kemba. than Kemba. But I don't know if he's closer than Paul George, though. No. So yeah. I, I think he's at the bottom of I think of he that, might be closer maybe. than Paul George just because Paul George has a previous MVP on his team. Maybe. Might be the only the only cause. Possibly. But that was my worth mentioning. My worth One mentioning of. is that for the first time on this podcast, Sam didn't bash Westbrook and thought he was a good player. Yeah! Self-improvement, I don't know what. Hey, we're it's, growing, man. It's the we're first, growing. first time that Sam is not bashing. Why are you giving me credit and not Westbrook credit for being a player not worth bashing? <laughs> well, thank you. We're still going to take it. We're going to move past it. We're going to move past it. Um, here's one. Ben Simmons hit the longest jump shot of his career at 22. 22! And it was a play. It was NBA a, it career. Was, it was, it was a, as the shot clock was about to run out. He sort of jumped it up, and it went in. Good for you, Ben. Hey, we were still looking. only worth two points, but hey, did you see, did you see the shot shot chart they put up? He is zero for zero on three point shots, like four for twenty nine. Is he not taking any from two points? He's 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 yet to take a three in his NBA career, and uh, so he's zero for zero this season. He's like four for twenty nine from the from outside the paint, and then everything else is like six hundred shots in the paint. Honestly, I'm gonna touch on that a little bit. That's hard to do. Take zero three-point shots. 
That is very hard yeah. to do. Because you do think you have any with him being the ball handler on the team, you would think he'd be outside the arc when the top shot goes when the shot is going down. Just once. But you know what he does? When he gets a situation, he I think he's smart to know, okay, there's four seconds, so instead of waiting, dribbling, dribbling, shoot at one, he immediately drives. Yeah. yeah. And then either kicks or throws a ball. Yeah. But yes, that is impressive. How do you not take one three? All right. One three. So my next uh, worth mentioning is for Vince Carter. Vince Carter, love the man. He is the ageless wonder. He, a couple days ago... Had he led the Hawks in scoring, led the Hawks in scoring. Fuck yeah, Vince. Fuck yes, in their win, in their win over the Pistons. Vince Carter, what can't you do? I hope you enter the dunk contest this year. Half you man, know, half amazing. I really want the two people I for sure won the dunk contest this year are Dirk Nowitzki and Vince Carter. <laughs> Vince Carter because he's won it before, and that'd be awesome. But Dirk Nowitzki, Dirk Nowitzki, at the beginning of the year, they uh, asked him. Is there anything you wish you did in your career? And he said, I've never been in the dunk contest. <laughs> can he still dunk? Yeah. Dude's seven foot. Of course he can. <laughs> okay. But, like, can he still dunk? Like, he can do old man dunks. I don't think it matters. I would still love to see him there. <laughs> all right. All right. That's fine. That's fine. All right. I got, I got another uh, worth mentioning. Um, so, I don't know how many of you guys follow uh, different um, – on Reddit, follow different NBA teams – but um, the subreddit for the Denver Nuggets and the subreddit for the Dallas Mavericks, the top posts on both subreddits are people from the other sub uh, subreddit proposing an alliance because they have decided that everyone from the Nuggets subreddit will vote for uh, Luka Doncic along with Nikolai uh, Jokic, and everyone from the Mavericks will vote for uh, Nikolai Jokic along with uh, Luka Doncic. They've formed an alliance to get both small market all-stars to the all-star game. How cool is that? Respect, man. Good strength in numbers. Guys. Strength in numbers. Yeah, no. I Here's the thing is, I love like I love sports. I love being competitive. I love talking shit. And if, like, if, if it's a rival, talk shit all you want. Like, if, Or if they're in the same division or anything like that. And if you're playing each other that day, talk shit all you want. But like... Literally, if, if you don't have a reason to hate a team, my least favorite people are the people who, like, want to hate your team no matter what. There's other teams and other fans. Like, be respectful and do cool shit like this. Yeah. What, um, last thing I wanted to talk about, or la- my last worth mentioning, was the travel that James Harden had <laughs> against the Utah Jets. He's still going. He's still going. He's still walking, man. He's still going. And he got the foul! And yeah. he got the foul. Can and we, that's just, not a, that's can we talk about the fact that Ricky Rubio kept up with him? For a minute. <laughs> just, I, it was in Houston. That shouldn't mean anything, but it was. It does. It does. It does. It does. We, referees of, of the NBA, you need to be looking. If you're going to judge LeBron James, if you're going to judge Stephen Curry, like if, the way that you call, do. If you're going to call foul on Gobert on the tip-off, because you know he does. That means you have to call a travel on James Harden because you know he does. Honestly, you treat all players the same. Yeah, please. But treat but, all players but, the same but, or look see, out for the what issue. They do is, the issue is players and coaches can't come out and say anything because they get fined. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But, so but that leaves we us. Can, that leaves us, guys. We can, refs. Hey, at me at Twitter at sh three three zero. Anyway, I'm still trying. Still trying. <laughs> Talking to you, Monty McCutcheon. Uh, all right. He's actually one of the decent refs in the league. Uh, th- th- this leads us to our player comparison. We have a fun one today. Uh, two pe- two players who I think they both 
are all-time greats. One of them's a Hall of Famer. One of them's bound to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, we got Lee Grimes to thank for this. Yeah, Lee Grimes came up with it. Way to go, Lee. Um, the We have Larry Bird versus Dirk Nowitzki. Um, so I'm just going to run down the obvious stats. Um, Dirk Nowitzki had a longer career. Dirk, uh, Larry Bird has more NBA championships. Uh, they're both MVPs, but uh, Larry got three. Dirk only got one. They're both finals MVPs, but Larry got two. Dirk only got one. Um, as far as scoring for a career, Larry Bird got 24.3, Dirk got 21.1, but Dirk also played a lot of years past his prime, whereas Larry didn't, so I think that goes for... Definitely has to come into effect. So, Larry Bird, Larry Legend, man, you, you honestly can't talk about some of the greats in the leagues without talking about Larry Bird. Um, he also, a lot, he also, I'm just going to throw it out there, this is the last thing I want to say, uh, he played in the worst defensive era of all time. There's never been a, there's never been a time in the NBA where defense was worse than the '80s. That's a statistical fact. I think that was by design. Yeah, 100. The NBA was struggling a lot back in the '80s, and they really needed a, a powerhouse showing of. Thank God for Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. They they, they, they saved were the, league. the they NBA. Saved that league. They were the NBA, and they've continued it on. That's what I think Dirk Nowitzki is so underrated. His championship against the Miami Heat in 2011 is probably one of the most one of the most hard fought, well earned championships that I can I can remember. Not to discount the rest of them that have happened since yeah. then, but of the people on that team, Dirk Nowitzki was the sole all star of that team. He is one of the grittiest superstars of all time. He, I, 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 Jason Kidd was on the team as well. But he wasn't an all-star in that year. No, he wasn't. Jason Kidd was on there in like 03, 04. Jason Kidd was no, on the Jason Kidd, Jason, Jason Kidd was on there. Right. I'm mixing those you, you had Jason Kidd, Terry, Jason, uh, Jason the Jet Terry, Tyson Chandler, Dirk Nowitzki, Tyson Shane Chandler, Battier. Shane, Shane Battier, um, Sean Merriam. Yep. During his two all-star years, uh, one of those was No, sons. he was surrounded by a lot of good role players, but um, he was definitely the star of that team. And um, I, uh, I think we're running a little bit long on time. I think we're just going to jump to it. Um, Lee, who do you think is better, Larry Bird or Dirk Nowitzki? I mean, for, for the career they've had, Bird has the most successful career, yeah. again, accolade-wise, but... It's a tough one. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna put Bird up there just because he did save the NBA. Yeah. And because he did just innovate and he was an absolute shit talker. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I will say he was great. He was, no, he, was, was he was a bad he was a badass. Bird, Bird he played did, lefty so. for a game. This, yeah. he, he played lefty for a game. And he literally and scored 40. He scored 40 points left-handed because at the beginning of the game he went up to someone and said, Your team's too easy. Funny yeah, enough, Larry Bird is, actually played with the current Mavericks coach, Rick Carlisle. What's, that is pretty funny. And also, Larry Bird, I think, did have a better team around him. You had Robert Parrish, you had Kevin McHale, yeah. Bill Walton. Yeah. So on that team, Bird, had, I feel like, had a little more help. Than, Definitely had a lot more help. Than uh, but Dirk all, did. But Dirk, Dirk also had a lot of years where um, like mediocre finishes to a year. Barely makes the playoffs, gets out in the first round, or doesn't make the playoffs. Whereas... Larry never really had a bad year. He mm-hmm. never really uh, – did Larry in his career ever not make the second round of the playoffs? I, uh, I'm with maybe maybe in the late 90s – or sorry, not the late 90s, the uh, early 90s. Maybe, when, maybe, when, his back went, maybe yeah. when his back went bad. But at that point, honestly, I'm a big 
big Converse supporter. Um, these guys will tell you. But it's honestly probably one of the reasons why he, he went out so early is because it does not offer you any support at all. And um, it, it really hurt him in the long run, so, which that's fine. So, ended on top. but So so to me, I'm going to say when you look at Prime versus Prime. Prime versus Prime. So prime, look prime. at 2011 Dirk Nowitzki. Yeah, Prime versus Prime, I'm going to say um, comparable scoring, comparable playmaking, comparable rebounding, comparable grip. Right, comparable results. They're both champions. They're mm-hmm. both MVPs. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm going so to call, call all that a wash. I, I'm going to give it to Nowitzki. And you can say this isn't fair. I'm going to give it to Nowitzki on longevity. <laughs> you wonder who's going to be because of his length. Yeah, well, Nowitzki is in his 21st year. Right? Yeah. Now. Longevity, okay. Longevity is in his amount of time he's been. Then you look at longevity of actually being. Productive. Both? Here's the thing. 21st year, he's been productive for 17 of them. 18 of them. Well, now he's mentoring Luka Doncic. And that might be the next. And now he's basically a player coach. He's basically Bill Russell in it. Yeah. No, and so I'm going to give my (laughs) vote to Dirk on. I'm going to call everything else a wash. Wash. And I'm going to give it to on longevity alone. They're both so, great shooters. They both are stretch four, stretch five. Uh, stretch four is Dirk sometimes a stretch five. So we got a we got we got a Larry, one, one got for Larry, Dirk. and we got one for Dirk. I'm a Larry. You're yeah, you're a Larry. I'm a Larry legend. Oh, man, I mean the guy is amazing. I love Larry Bird. He honestly was just a, such an innovator for the game, and he was also. He was such a big trash talker. He would tell players, I'm going to do this, and this is how I'm going to score, and then he would do it. And and that's just, that's fucking impressive. And uh, because I respect the hell out of those people who can do that, I'm going to give it to Larry, too. I want to give it to Dirk because he really is one of the almost, one of the grittiest guys to ever earn a fucking championship off of just... He's one of the lost All-Stars. One of the, he's, he's one of the lost one of, one of the top three... Top two power forwards ever to play the game. Top two? Who's your other? Tim Duncan? Either Kevin Garnett or Tim Duncan. There's a lot. Of you can't call them top two, but then give two others. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> top yes. three. Fuck off. But what about Carl Malone? Carl Malone. Yeah, Carl Malone's also up there. I call him the center. He's no, he's a power forward. He's only six eight. He's a power forward. Six eight? No, he's like six, six nine. nine. I don't. Whatever. Power forward. No, he, he did. He did play the four most of his career. Yeah. He had center. He had a center. Still. Not a good one, but I'll, a bad one. I'll get, I'm giving it to Larry, but... So three Larry legends. All right. And a Dirk. Well, so that that, mean, that means this vote's three to one, Larry Bird. Um, this has been a fun podcast. We went a little over time, so enjoy, enjoy the uh, bonus podcast here. We hope to talk to you next week.